Shalom Mishpacha. Shalom family. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people. And praise God, the middle wall is separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down. And the ancient spiritual DNA on Jewish believers in the Messiah and the new covenant spiritual DNA on Gentile believers in the Messiah is merging together to cause what Paul calls in the second chapter of Ephesians, the one new man, or in the Greek, the one new humanity, which is a complete dwelling place of God by his spirit. And devil, watch out, because what Jesus said is when that one new man finally emerges, the same miracles that Jesus has done, you will do, and even greater. Get ready for the greater. And that's why I'm interviewing Marilyn Hickey. Why? She does what the Bible says she's supposed to do, to me anyway. As a Jewish believer in Jesus, the Bible says you're supposed to provoke the Jew to jealousy. She does, and and I have to tell you why she does. She had the opportunity of seeing Branham. I mean, he had, as far as I'm concerned, Marilyn Hickey, um, uh, he had one of the most outstanding ministries, uh, short of Jesus, I've ever heard of. Was he that accurate? Did he really um, know so many things about people before he prayed? What was he like? Branham had an unusual gifting of the Holy Spirit, a visitation of the Spirit of God on him, and he would tell you detailed things. Very gentle man, uh, loving, not tall, uh, not a big stature of any kind, but all oh, the words he spoke. And the first time I heard him, I had an aunt and uncle here in Denver uh, from Texas, and he pointed my aunt out in an audience of 5,000. She had on a red hat. He said, you have a grandchild who was injured at birth. She has never walked, and when you go home, she will be walking. Well, my aunt and uncle, you know, jumped up and drove to Dalhart, Texas, you know, over 400 miles, and knocked at the door of their son's house. Uh, the Jerry had been injured at birth, and the mother answers the door crying, and she said, I don't know what has happened, but Jerry has started to walk. And the doctor said, you know, she's brain damaged, she'd never walk. She had a normal life. That's the kind of detailed things he would give. And then uh, my husband and I, uh, three years after we were married, we went to Dallas, Texas to a Voice of Healing campaign, and he spoke there. And a big crowd of people, maybe 6,000 people, under a tent, hot, hot, hot in Dallas. And he called me out and said, "Uh, you're not from here. Uh, You're from Denver, Colorado. You're from a mountainous area. You want to have a baby, and they've told you you can't have one. Go home and receive your baby. But I had a radical experience with the Holy Spirit, because as he's facing me and saying this on the platform, and I can't explain this, but it was like a wheel within a wheel turning. Well, you know, I've read about that in Ezekiel. I've often wondered about that. Um, Tell me, I mean, because this is actually biblical, um, but what did you feel when this was happening? Well, 
it was low, and I knew the scriptures in Ezekiel, but it was low, and you could hear it, and it would go shh, 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 and I thought, I was so frightened, if I step into that, I will die, this is the presence of God, and then he said, go home and receive your baby, and that wheel within a wheel whirring came into my feet, and it was not till 10 years later that I got pregnant with Sarah. And when I was pregnant, the doctor who examined me said, you're not pregnant. It's impossible. You're going through the change. So I went home. I had some pretty big changes. <laughs> went to another doctor. He said, this is a five-and-a-half-month pregnancy. And so Sarah, as you know, <laughs> most people know, uh, you see me on television, Sarah's with me. And that was such a miracle. But but I have to ask you something. Ten years from that word, did you give up? Did you think, of, well, the guys finally missed it with me? What happened on your radar during these ten years? <laughs> well, Sid, I, I'm a little embarrassed to say I did give up, but my husband didn't. And we had adopted a child, and I thought, you know, this is it. And my husband you helped the prophet out by saying maybe he saw the adopted child. Is that what you were doing? I I thought, yeah, help God. You know, yeah. many of us want to help God. And so then my husband said, no, Marilyn, uh, God is going to give us a natural-born child. So he is the one who really stood in faith. Sid, I'd like to pray for people who uh, are listening who would like to have a child. Uh, the only prerequisite, you need to be married. <laughs> I think that's wise. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to have to tell everyone listening right now, if you want a child, it doesn't matter what the doctors have said. It doesn't matter what your experience is. It matters if someone believes God and prays according to the Word of God. And I have to tell you that Marilyn Hickey has a key word that I've read in her literature, expectation. And when she prays, she expects God to answer. Please pray, Marilyn. Lord, I thank you that you said we delight ourselves in you. You give us the desires of our heart. You told us that the barren would produce so I pray for everyone who's listening to this program who would like a child. I pray that they have a wonderful, wonderful child, not a rebellious child, a child who has served God, and you give them the wisdom to raise this child in the ways of the Lord. And I thank you that many people, there's going to be an increase in population. Many people are going to have that child, the desire of their hearts, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Marilyn, um, I want to take you uh, a, a, a little further. Um, no, let, let's go back a little bit. I want to find out how God gave you such outrageous, and that's the best word I can use for it, outrageous faith to believe for miracles. I mean, you go into Muslim countries, you have preached in Muslim mosques, for a woman to do this, number one, I don't see how it's possible in the natural. Uh, number two, it's got to be exceedingly dangerous. 
Uh, and you didn't just start out by going into uh, speaking to thousands of Muslims, advertising miracles will happen in Muslim countries. It started all the way back when you were 10, before you were even saved. You used to literally read the Bible as a 10-year-old. Why would you do that, especially not being saved, especially being a child? I can only say the Spirit of the Lord. And God has a plan and destiny for everyone. No one here is an accident. We're made in His image. God put a hunger in me to read the Bible, and I would pray. And I even began to memorize some of the Scriptures. And then when I got born again at 16, I mean, I was wild over the Bible. I couldn't get enough because I had the author in my heart. But another key thing as I study your life, uh, there are a number of key points that are very, very obvious to me, is uh, you went to a Bill Gothard seminar, and he talked about the value of memorizing Scripture. That had to be a major directive from God in your life. That turned my life around in another way. I shouldn't say around, but gave impetus what God had already put in my heart, a hunger for his word. And Bill Gothard told how he was retarded. And, you know, they just push him up grade by grade. He didn't make it, but they'd push him. And that he had a Sunday school teacher who began to teach all the boys to memorize scripture. And he got into meditating on the scripture. Memorize is really meditating. And how his grades went up. He graduated as valedictorian you know, and went through the university, always meditating. And God just spoke to me and said, this is the theme of your life, Joshua 1.8. If you meditate on the word day and night, if you speak the word day and night, if you do the word day and night, you'll make your own way prosperous and successful. Uh, Marilyn, there are many people, uh, and by the way, again, having researched you, I see you're good in languages. That means you have a mind that's easy to memorize. What would you say to someone that says, it's so hard for me to memorize? I memorize three or four scriptures, and by the time I get to the fifth, I've forgotten the the three or four that I memorized. Uh, So I just don't bother doing it anymore. What would you say to that person? I would say take one scripture a week. And your mind is fresh in the morning. Mine is the freshest then. And say that scripture out loud 10 times. Now, don't ask me why 10 is so good. I don't know. And when you say it out loud, then God begins to move in your spirit, and you are canning the word. So uh, I like Psalm 51, 6. It says, Thou, God, desires truth in the inward man, In the hidden man, you will make me to know wisdom. So you're canning the word. My mother used to can peaches in the summertime. We hated it. My brother and I had to sterilize the jars, peel the peaches, but we loved it in the wintertime. There's hardly anything better. Well, it's almost better than kissing your husband than eating home canned peaches. And the Lord said, that's what you're doing when you meditate on the word. You're canning it. You're putting it inside And then the spirit, at the time you need it, will make it, bring it to your mind and make it wisdom. So these scriptures that you say 
You know, take one. Take a promise. And, and I like your idea of once a week. In fact, God's been speaking to me, Marilyn, that on the radio, I should have one meditation scripture per week, and I should say it every day, the five days, uh, and everyone along, and myself included, will meditate on that one scripture per week. Uh, so we'll talk about that on tomorrow's broadcast. But Mishbucha, I have to tell you, I've seen Marilyn for years on television. I've heard her teach, but I got a hold of her book, The Pathway to Miracles. And I have to tell you, it is so charged with faith. You will have an expectation for miracles. And then her two CDs on God's authority. The package is available for a gift of $35. Call her right today. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. My guest is white hot for the Messiah. Um, now, Marilyn, on yesterday's broadcast, we wanted to our, our mishpacha to find out a bit about you. And one of the things uh, that I noticed in in your training, God has put strategic people in your path. For instance, you were, had the opportunity to see uh, one of the greatest miracle ministries I've ever read about. Um, I was told this man, Branham, uh, when he prayed, he never missed it. When he prophesied, he never missed it. Was that true? He would come on the platform and he would wait, and you could tell, and he w waited for the angel of the Lord. And, you know, I thought, because I didn't know that much about spirit-filled living, this man is nuts. So I would sit there, and unbelief, my mother was real turned on. She drug me to the meeting. And I can tell you, the whole audience knew when that angel came. He didn't worship angels, but some way he had an angelic visitation for the words of knowledge and the words of wisdom God gave him. So he would then speak, you know, there's a man here, uh, you were in a car accident 10 years ago, uh, you broke your back, and he would go into details and tell dates. And then he would have the person stand, and God would give them a new back. It, it is very unusual. Now, Marilyn, I've read what God's doing with you, and I have to believe that some of that mantle that rested on him rests on you. But is there anyone that you know of alive today that walks in that full anointing that Branham walked in? I'm curious. Not that I know. And, you know, of course, I'm limited, but I don't know anyone. Oh, okay. A.A. A. Allen. You had the opportunity to not only see his ministry, but you and your husband uh, did intercessory prayer at his meetings. What did you see there? When we prayed, we saw—I'll tell you one thing we saw that was very unusual. My father was put in a mental hospital, and they said he would never come out. And in the service, of course, we're praying. My mother is there. She's crying. And he called her out, and he said, the lady over there uh, crying, your, take your handkerchief and put it on your husband. You think he's demon-possessed, but his mind is broken, and I will heal him. So my mother 
took that handkerchief to the hospital, pinned it on my father's pajamas, and the doctor said, he'll never come out, he'll never come out. And within one year, he came out, was saved, and water baptized. One more person I want you to comment on, uh, Dr. Kenneth Hagen. He was another mentor in your life. Very strong. I would say probably had the greatest influence on my life of anyone. The first year we were married, and my marriage lasted 58 years. The first year... We went to a meeting with Kenneth Hagen in a small church here in Denver. Uh, excuse me. That's because your husband was promoted to heaven. Uh, I just don't want someone to think <laughs> that, it just, that, that anything else but that. But go ahead. <laughs> we went uh, to the meeting, a small group of people, maybe a hundred, and Kenneth Hagen taught on the authority of God's Word. And I'll never forget what I thought. And he didn't have books out or anything going for him at that time, you know, to uh, advertise. But I thought if God can work that way for him, the Word can work like that, it can work that way for me. So really, I began with supernatural ministries and the power of the Holy Spirit and the wonderful, wonderful emphasis of the authority of God's Word. And I would say this to everyone listening. Don't feel shy about using the Word. Don't feel shy about speaking to the mountain and telling it to move. Jesus told us to. Why would he tell us to move mountains? Because there's something on the other side that's so good that he has for us. And I believe truly mountains have ears. And your mountain has ears. And speak to it and tell it to be gone in Jesus' name. Uh, you know, what you're saying is so important. When most people pray, they're praying to God in heaven a million miles away. Uh, so their focus is not to the mountain. Their focus is kind of an abstract thing a million miles away, and no wonder they get abstract answers. Listen, I know that the more focused you are, and saying what God says, the more, how can I say it, the more miracles you will receive in your life. So I'm going to share something that sounds kind of negative, but out of it, God really propelled my ministry. When I first started to be on radio, I had some invitations to speak. And I was scared. I'd never spoken from our pulpit, not because Wally didn't want me to. It just wasn't done. So I go to a church on the East Coast. I said to the pastor, how long do you want me to speak? He said, as long as you are anointed. And when you're not, I want you to sit down. And if you don't, I'll tell you. Well, I'm frightened already, and so you can imagine those words. While I'm speaking, I felt led to pray for a man in a wheelchair. And he's sitting at the back. I can only see half of him, you know, but I knew he was in a wheelchair. And I said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Now, remember, I've never prayed for anyone in a wheelchair. And here I am in this church, not used to speaking at all. Well, he didn't get up. So I really shouted it, in Jesus' name, get up and walk. He didn't move. The assistant pastor, one of them, was standing beside him. I said, Dave, get him up. And he didn't. He shook his head. I said, Dave, Where's your faith? Get him up. He said, Marilyn, he doesn't have any legs. Oh, no. <laughs> now, that was the beginning. 
because everybody laughed, you know, it was quite a thing. Did you crawl under a rock and never want to come out? No. No? God spoke to me, and he'll speak to you in these times, and he said, Marilyn, if you will keep believing me, there will come a day in your life people will come out of wheelchairs. So I was so encouraged by God talking to me. And now today, you know, we have people all over the world coming out of wheelchairs because you say what God says. You say the word. You know that he can move a mountain. He can create new limbs. He has spare parts in heaven to put in. It is wonderful. So all of you— Well, well, I'm I'm getting an impression right now, Marilyn. I want you to agree with me. And I see when you said spare parts— I see someone getting a brand new hip from heaven. I I want you to pray some of that outrageous prayer right now for that brand new hip from the parts room in heaven for the person that needs it right now. Would you pray that? Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus. All things are possible to them that believe. I thank you that a creative miracle is occurring in that hip. You're bringing the bones in place You're causing unusual tissues to come forth, and there's going to be health and life and vitality, and as their days are, so shall their strength be and their hip strong. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Uh, Marilyn, when you were talking yesterday about the importance of memorizing Scripture, and you said, even if it's one Scripture per week— meditate on it. And when you meditate, uh, you explained, you actually memorize the word. Um, Anyone could memorize one scripture a week. And uh, your your instructions uh, yesterday were to say it out loud, was it 10 times? Yes. Um, But what if we were to do that every day for a week, right on the air? Um, I came up with the scripture before we went on the air, but I would like you to pick one scripture to be the first scripture everyone listening to us right now is going to meditate on and state it. All right, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to show me because I want, you know, there's so many. I believe John 8:12 says, "I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but the light of life." I believe, speaking that scripture, you will walk in light all day long. And I do this, and it's from Proverbs 6.22. It says, when you wake up, the word will talk to you. When you walk, the word will direct your steps. And when you sleep, the word will keep you. Three times a day, in the morning, I say that scripture, and pretty soon that scripture begins to read me. In the afternoon, I say it again. He's the light of my afternoon. And at night, before I go to sleep, why let your mind just go on anything? Because they say the last thing you see will go through your mind seven times while you sleep. Wow. Wait a second. Can you picture someone's watched a horror film on TV and then they go to sleep? How many times does that go through their mind? Oh, my. And brings fear. Yeah. And this brings faith. This brings peace. Okay. Saying it. I, I, I need you to repeat that scripture one more time. That was John 8, 12. John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. 
He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Okay, that's John eight twelve. Ten times I want you to say this scripture after we finish this show. And what I like to do, Marilyn, personally, is I personalize the scripture. Personalize John eight twelve right now. How would you say it? Father, I believe that Jesus is the light for my day. He will give light into my darkness, and light is greater than darkness. I believe today that I have life, your life, because of your light. Marilyn Hickey is seeing the most outrageous miracles happen in the most outrageous places. Uh, And we'll talk about this a little later on in the week. But Marilyn, uh, I was reading in in one of your books and in your literature uh, about the time you you had uh, a visit from hell, so to speak, uh, something that every woman dreads. Uh, You examined yourself, and you saw what appeared to be a tumor in the breast. Uh, What did you do about that? I was on a plane going to speak in New York State, and it scared me because I had this pain, and I went in uh, the restroom, and I saw the thing. I opened my blouse and saw it, and it had red streaks coming out of it. So I thought, now I can be afraid and fall apart over this. I have four days of ministry ahead of me. Or I can speak to the mountain. I can speak the word. And the scripture I took, and you need to speak the word to your body. It says the word of God, and this Proverbs 4.22, they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So the word is health to my flesh. In some translations, it says medicine. So I began speaking to that growth. And I was there, and I was staying in a convent because this church had bought a convent, and that's where their services were. So it was very hot, no air conditioning, bathroom down the hall. I'd get up in the night, that thing would throb, and I would say, well, time for medicine. And I would speak Proverbs 4.22 to it. This word is coming in there. It's health to my flesh. And on the fourth day, the thing totally disappeared. That was the end of it. That's why I say, speak to your body. Don't, people, you know, I'll sneeze and people say, oh, God bless you. I say, he is blessing me because I'm catching more health. Well, you know, what you're doing is you're doing in the supernatural what a doctor might tell you in the natural you're taking medicine, but your medicine has no side effects and always causes good. I like your medicine, Marilyn. <laughs> I love it. I've spoken to my body for many, many years on various things. You know, you're not going to have this. No, Satan, you're not going to do this. I'm going to speak the word to you. So what happened with that tumor? It disappeared. It totally was gone. By the time I was on the way home... The thing was gone. No red streaks, no tumor, nothing, never had it again. And it's important when you speak the word to your body and you see the results that you say this, this affliction shall not return the second time. 
I love that. You know, a lot of people with cancer take that scripture from the Bible mm-hmm. and say that. Because, Nahum 1 9. Uh, what is that? Nahum 1 9. I love it. I love that scripture. Um, Marilyn, uh, you actually, uh, when I was listening to you talk about this instant, incident, uh, you, you said that you literally took your medicine or the word every hour on the hour. Uh, that, that, you really wanted that medicine to get into your body, didn't you? I did, and I said if the word is good, most people take medicine three times a day, I'm going to take it for the next 12, I believe it was 12 hours. And so I sat up and I would speak the word to it. Yeah. (laughs) Get radical. Get crazy about Jesus and his word. Speak to your body. Don't let your body tell you everything it's going to do. Just out of curiosity, what do you do when you go to the doctor and the doctor said, I have bad news for you. I've just done blood work. And it looks to me like you have uh, cancer and you have to go see a cancer specialist. What is the first thing you would do? The first thing I would do is look for the scriptures on healing. And I would begin to speak those scriptures. The second thing I would do is I would take authority over the devil. He has no right to my body. I was created in the image of God. And I would bind the devil in Jesus' name and say, you cannot have my body. And you may need to speak it a lot, because you may get some more bad news, some more bad news. Keep speaking the good news. Soak yourself with the Word of God. I mean, you can't overdo it. Tell me that scripture again that we're working on this week. Uh, We didn't have the time to fully develop it. I want you to speak, and and, uh, those that are listening, uh, you are not just in an audience, sitting on your hands, and invisible. I want you to be a participant in the greatest story the world has ever heard. In the last scene of the last act, before the play is over, God is calling you to front and center stage, and I want you to start by meditating on one scripture every week. Tell us the scripture, and then I want you to put it in your own words, Marilyn. That was John chapter 8, verse 12. He said, I am the light of the world. There's a lot of darkness from us, around us, but he is the light of the world. Light dispels darkness. He that follows me, hey, we're following Jesus. And it says, he shall not walk in darkness. I'm not walking in darkness today. I'm walking in the light of life. I would like to share a revelation in this scripture. Can I do that, Sid? Please. When I memor I memorized the Gospel of John and one day, you know, this this is before the woman is taken, you know, the woman is taken in adultery, they throw her down and say, you know, shall we stone her? What do you say we should do? And, you know, Jesus stoops down, writes twice, and says, He that's without sin, let him throw the first stone. So, you know, I just think this is so marvelous. This woman is totally delivered because all of her accusers leave. So I said to the Lord, Oh, I love John eight twelve. That woman was totally set free. And this is what the Lord said to me. And this is what 
meditating does. He said, you're so happy about her, but I'm not totally happy with this story. I said, what do you mean, Lord? The woman is free. He said, but I wanted her accusers as much as I wanted her, and I didn't get them. And he spoke more to the accusers, and they left. Those are the kind of sweet things that are so touching to me that you get out of meditating. Who knows what every listener is speaking, John 8, 12, what revelation they're going to get. The end of this verse says, go and sin no more. That woman had Jesus. She had the power over sin. We have Christ in us. We're made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have power not to walk in the past. Marilyn, one of the things that people will have, in addition to having the faith for miracles as they get your book and uh, listen to your CDs on God's authority, is their faith is going to soar. And I have to believe that God is going to do it over a short period of time. Why? Because Jesus is coming back sooner than anyone thinks. Most people think they have more time. They don't. Uh, And I I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Do you realize from just this broadcast and your materials getting out that there will be ministries raised up all over the world, Marilyn? I believe that. The Word cannot return void. The power of your broadcast is the power of the Word. It can't return void. It accomplishes that which it is sent to. It prospers in that which is sent to. So, Sid, I love this. On television, you know, I don't, I can't reach out of the set and lay hands on people. I can't anoint them with oil, but I can send the word. And these promises that the audience are memorizing, they can send into the life of other people. Psalm 10720. He sent his word and healed them. Uh, Do you have fear uh, when um, you or a loved one is sick? Or what what goes through the inside of you? You say, oh, I wonder if I have faith for that. What goes on inside of Marilyn Hickey? When I have a loved one who's sick or someone in our... Or yourself, even. Our staff... Well, because you practice the Word, pretty soon it's very spontaneous with you. It used to be I would struggle, and I'd have to struggle speaking that promise a lot. But now, the first thing I do, and I listen to the Holy Spirit, is ask Him for a scripture for this situation and this circumstance, then speak it. And when doubt and fear tries to attack your mind, and it will, I speak the promise. That's what Jesus did. He, he spoke to the devil. You know, it is written. Say what the Word says. It overcomes the devil and will overcome your fear and your doubts. Well, I, I, you know what else really impresses me about how God is using you, Marilyn, is the amazing favor you have. But that isn't just part of your DNA that came from doing the same thing with God's Word. I mean, you've met presidents and kings and had such favor with these people. Whoop, our time has slipped away. But it's, it'll be 
refreshing water when you read Marilyn's book, Your Pathway to Miracles, and listen to her two CDs, God's Authority, literally a new beginning in your life. You need it. A gift of $35. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. Marilyn, how in the world does a woman get to speak in mosques, get to go to Muslim countries and have, uh, according to my notes, at one meeting in Pakistan, you had 70,000 Muslims in attendance. Uh, First of all, you're a woman. Second of all, you're talking about Jesus. That sounds pretty outrageous. Did you have an expectation for this before it happened? The first time I went to Pakistan was in 1995, and I'd never done a big healing meeting. And people said, you know, they'll kill you <laughs> when you're there. But I had such peace in my heart about going and no experience. I mean, if you'd been in that meeting, said you'd have thought, oh, brother, forget it. But I got such a passion for the people. And the first night, we had 4,000. Somebody said, when you stand up, they'll all walk out or somebody will shoot you. But the second night, we had 8,000. This is my first one. And we had people healed and delivered of demons. The fourth night, we had over 20,000 people. So I began to have a passion, and I found out in the Quran, it says that Jesus heals the sick. So they came because I would advertise it as come and be healed. Well, wait a second. What if no one got healed? That certainly had to cross your mind. I'm sure the devil started barraging with you with those thoughts. He did, but, you know, the Bible says the word can't return void. When I got up to preach, I said the word can't return void. And in those size crowds, you do healing by word of knowledge. And always, always you will have results if you pray for the sick. It may be a process. Sometimes it takes some time. But we had fabulous miracles. And it just put such a fire in me to go back. So the next time, uh, and two years later, I believe, we went to Rawalpindi, and Sarah went with me, and we had over 72,000 the last night, the fourth night. Dramatic miracle. Give me one example. All right. We had a young girl who, uh, all dressed in black, a Muslim, because The biggest percentage of your audience are Islamic. And she had growths on her eye, and she came up and told how the growths had disappeared. We had a lot of people with tumors that disappeared. We had an imam who couldn't bend his legs, was in really, really bad pain, came up and testified that Jesus had healed him. Now, when we do that, you always have results. There's never even a tiny question. You have to know that God led you there. His word says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, that he surrounds the righteous with favor like a shield. And for many years I've said this, I love Muslims, and Muslims love me. And when I stand up, I say, I love Muslims, and they clap, and then I say, and Muslims love me, and I clap. 
Oh, that sounds, I love it. I love it. But but the thing that I really love is you kept saying that to the atmosphere, to the demonic world, to your body, to your mind. I love Muslims and Muslims love me. Did you really experience extraordinary favor as a result of believing God will give you that favor? Listen, my last meeting there was in Karachi, Pakistan, 20 million people, considered the most violent city in the world. We had three nights of healing meetings. The last night, we had over 210,000 inside the field and 30,000 outside the walls. So, you see, there's a bridge for people. And Sid, I have found with Buddhists, with Hindus, with Islam, the bridge is healing. It's demonstration. Jesus demonstrates. And so, you know, if I get there, I have jet lag, I don't feel real spiritual. It's not my name that heals the sick. It's his name. And so living in that, it's his name. And that I have great favor. I'm surrounded with favor like a shield. Now, how did you get such favor with the King of Jordan? (laughs) Well... I had a healing meeting in Amman in a hotel, and we had about 2,000 people. And, of course, most of the dramatic healings were Muslims. And so I asked if I could have a time with the king, King Abdullah Hussein, and I got it. It wasn't long. It was short. And I said, I'm in your city, in your country, praying for the sick in the name of Jesus. He said, well, I'm going to give you a list of my loved ones who are sick and I want you to pray for them. It was the favor of healing, and that has worked in many, many countries. Tell me about a country that, uh, I tell you what, I wouldn't let my daughter go there. Sudan. How in the world did you get to Sudan and have meetings? I went to Sudan about 14 years ago, and, uh, you know, we didn't know that we could get into Khartoum, because that's, you know, the radical part of it. But we got in miraculously. I had nine people with me, some pastors, and a 12-year-old girl had a dream that a dark ring appeared around the sun three times in Sudan. So this pastor said to me, what do you think it is? I said, I don't have the vaguest idea. But the first day with the pastor's meeting, we always have pastor's meeting in the daytime, we had about four or 500 leaders. They went out from under the tent, and they began to ululate. They go, la, 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 you know. And so I asked Sarah, find out what's going on. And the man said, there's a dark ring around the sun. Sarah said, what do you think that means? He said, I don't know. I just think it's a miracle. Now, these are Christian leaders. But the next afternoon, when we're on the polo grounds having the meeting, I'm preaching, and all at once, and we had about 10,000 people, people stand up, just ignore me start running down the polo ground field, all the same direction, going, la, 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 and I don't know, I've lost it. So I sent someone out to find out, and they people said, we saw a dark ring around the sun, and we saw the face of Jesus. So oh what do you goodness. do? You have an altar call. Who comes forward? Everybody. And we had healings that wouldn't stop. That, that sounds like what we read about in the Bible. I mean, 
everything that you read in the Bible, it seems to me it's happening in your life. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit. So I went back, let's see, I think this was four years ago, to Khartoum again, got the permission of the dictator, al-Bashir, and had four nights of meetings. The last night we had 65,000 in the stadium. The vice president came every night. We had people especially healed of deafness. A young man who had not heard out of his left ear for 23 years, God opened his ears. Now, when people see a demonstration, I always have an altar call for salvation. So I uh, pray for, I preach, I pray for the sick, I only preach from the Bible, I pray for the sick with words of knowledge, have people come up and testify, and then I say, now you can have Jesus in your heart. He heals your body, but he will take away your sin and come into your heart and be real in you. So I ask them to stand. Would you like Jesus to come into your heart and be Lord of your life? He died for your sins and he rose from the dead. And thousands of people stand. Uh, but, but Marilyn, I read about churches being burned down in the Sudan, Christians being mutilated and killed. Um, aren't you a little bit afraid of doing this? <laughs> Uh, not as much now as I was at the beginning, you know. But however, when I went to Pakistan in January, somebody told me they had a dream that I died over there. That wasn't really encouraging, you know. And so I just told the devil, you know, if I die here, I'll be a martyr. And martyrs get a lot of mileage. It'll get on the news, and I'll get more people saved in my death than in my life. You're telling me it's win-win. <laughs> oh, Mar- Marilyn, uh, we haven't said our scripture of the day very quickly. John eight twelve. Yes. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Marilyn, you've been speaking in mosques, in uh, uh, meetings, at healing meetings all over the world. Especially you have a burden for Muslims. You love Muslims. But just out of curiosity, how does this work in the United States? Any success? Great success. Great success. It's the same thing. It's the demonstration of the name of Jesus and of his word. Because... Muslims, and, you know, there are Sunnis, Sufis, Shiite, all of them believe that Jesus heals. It's in their Quran. Now, what I like to do is get in where there are a group of Muslims and have a demonstration. So I thought, in the history of Islam, 1,400 years, a woman, a Christian woman, has never spoken in a mosque. And I began to have a passion to have this happen and pray about it. Well, Dearborn is where they have the most Muslims in the United States. They have 250,000. Most of them are from Iraq and Iran. And God gave me favor with an imam. That's the leader of a mosque. I went to see him. I got an audience with him, first of all, which was a miracle and told him what I wanted to do. And he had a board member there. He said, we would never do that. I said, I'd like to have a healing meeting in the mosque. 
And I'd like... Uh, Marilyn, we have a Hebrew word for that. It's called chutzpah. It's called nerve. Marilyn Hickey, you have chutzpah. (laughs) Thank you. So he said, well, we would never do that. And uh, but you know I just hold on to your faith. And I thought, Lord, this game is not over till I win. You know, Second Corinthians two fourteen. He always leads us to triumph in Christ. So when I got up to leave, he said, Marilyn, the next time you're here, I'd like for you to come to our house. My wife and I would like to have you for dinner. And I knew there's a crack in the door. So about eight months later, I went and had dinner with him, and he said to me, what is it you want to do in the mosque? And I told him, he said, well, I believe we can do that. I said, would you be willing for me to put this on my television program, and I would show you the DVD. I wouldn't do anything you were uncomfortable with. You're my friend. He said, yes. So we had a healing meeting in a mosque. Wasn't a big meeting, but dramatic miracles. Tell me one. Well, I'll tell you about a little boy who did the reading of the Quran at the beginning, and he couldn't see well, had a big problem with his sight, and God healed his sight, and he came up and testified. We had quite a few people healed of back problems, and then we had refreshment afterwards, and we had 11 imams. Plus, it wasn't a big crowd, but uh, all of these uh, Islamic people. And so I went from table to table, and, you know, I dressed like they dressed. I had my head covered, and I would pray, and they'll say to you, pray for my mother. She's sick, or pray for me. You know, I've hurt my arm, or I have arthritis. And so I went from table to table. That gave me a lot of favor. And then... Uh, The imam did a taping with me, and we became very good friends. His wife couldn't have children, or hadn't been able to get pregnant, and now she has two. We prayed for her. So that door has opened another door for me in Jakarta to go and have a healing meeting in a mosque. But listen, Sid, this is my passion. I want to go to Iran There's never been a healing meeting in the history of Iran. I want to have it in a university as a cultural exchange. Now, now, the thing that most people don't understand is when there are miracles, you say it's because Jesus is healing you, and you literally—this is hard for me to comprehend. Uh, I mean, it it blows everyone's paradigm. You have people— at these meetings, pray to know Jesus, to be born again. Yes. I didn't in the mosque, but I do in all of my healing meetings. I didn't do it in the mosque. I felt, you know, I was restricted from that. But the big meeting in January with 210,000 people, I had people stand up to invite Jesus into their hearts. And, uh, and I won't tell how, we had a sneaky way for follow-up. So, you know, God is cool. He knows, and I believe everyone listening to this program, God has a miracle with your name on it. You know, he doesn't just show up and show off in Islamic countries. He shows up and shows off wherever there's faith. Sid, I'd like to pray for healing miracles right now. 
please. Lord, I just thank you for every person who's listening to this broadcast who needs a healing miracle. I send the word into their bodies that heals them and delivers them from this destruction. Jesus, we have the double cure. You take care of our inner man, you take our sins, and you take our sicknesses. And we take that wonderful, glorious provision. And I thank you that people from all around are getting a miracle now and will contact Sid and say, Jesus did this. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Marilyn, um, I, want, I want to say something. Uh, and uh, um, I, you are amazing. Uh, we did this radio broadcast uh, much earlier than people are hearing it right now. And the day before we did the broadcast, uh, you had the ceremony for your husband's homecoming. How can you do this broadcast right now? Because <laughs> he's in heaven. You know, we didn't have a funeral. We had a celebration. We had 1,100 people. And they would tell you, we had a party. That's what he wanted. And he put on a videotape two and a half years ago an altar call for salvation. And we played it in the celebration. You know, I can't, how can I say, I can't carry the grief and the sorrow because Jesus took it for me. And honestly, I don't have the grief and sorrow. I'm so thrilled. He is in heaven. I'm so thrilled with the people who stood for salvation last night. I'm so thrilled. We prayed for the sick last night, for the people who are healed. That's what Jesus would want. And here Wally says on a video, Dear ones, I'm in heaven, but I've made this uh, video before because my biggest collection is souls, and I want yours to be here. Uh, let me take you back to when you were 23 years of age. You went to church because there was a man you liked by the name of Wally. You weren't married at the time. Uh, and so you only went to that church for that reason. And one day, this fellow Wally says to you, I'm fasting and praying for you. I, tell me briefly that story. <laughs> well, I was very insulted because he said, I'm fasting and praying for you. And I said, well, I'm saved. He said, but you're not committed. And he said, I serve the devil with all my heart. Now I'm going to serve God with all my heart. And I'm not going to marry a woman who's half-hearted. Oh. So he said, I'm on a fast for three days. And in that timing, God spoke to me in the night and said, I've dealt with you for four years for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you say, no, I'm not going to deal with you anymore, but I'll show you. If you turn this down at this time, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will move to California, you will marry a Christian, you'll have a good life, you'll die and go to heaven. But he said, I have something so wonderful for you, you cannot imagine. And I totally surrendered for the power of the Holy Spirit. And that was the beginning. We married, as you can get. <laughs> well, you know, the, the operative word that you just spoke out of your mouth is what God is dealing with people listening to us right now. Marilyn said she could have surrendered or she could have done it her way. She could have had a nice normal life 
or she could have fulfilled her destiny. And some of you are saying, well, I did miss it along the way. And I am saying with great confidence that God says he can redeem the time where you are right now. Look what he did, Jesus did, in just three years. Surrender. That's his message for you right now. Surrender to the Lord. You know how to do it. Your words. Repent of your sins. Get a fresh start. Make him your Lord. Read the Bible. Meditate with us every day on a new scripture. Maryland, let's say we're saying the same scripture all week, John eight twelve. Please say that quickly. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Wonderful light. And get the book, Your Pathway to Miracles, and the two CDs by Marilyn, God's Authority. I promise you, you'll have expectation. You'll walk in supernatural favor, and you'll do the same things Jesus did, even greater. Available for a gift of $35. Shabbat broadcast. The Lord is blessing you right now. The Lord is keeping you right now. The Lord is surrounding you with his favor right now. The Lord, he's even smiling on you. He's smiling on you right now. The Lord is gifting you right now. Receive those gifts from heaven. The Lord is giving you his shalom, his completeness in spirit, soul, and body right now in the name of the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yeshua HaMashiach Tzikenu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness. Yivarech Adonai Veishmarecha Yair Adonai Panevelecha Vichonecha To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.